This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand, fellas. <laughs> you jumped up and... Austin Nate, who is going to be that guy. And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson. He's going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Our apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. What's going on, everybody? It is 8.30 Central Time. The time with it's got a fever. The only prescription is more cowbell. That's right. Smash that like button, Felix Sharp. Uh, we are live. I am not Felix Sharp, as you can tell. I am Sean McVay's twice removed third brother on his mother's side's cousin's sister's brother-in-law. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but I'm in the family somehow. Um, supporting Austin's lifelong team, the Los Angeles Rams. Got this just for him. I wanted to support him and his lifelong Ram fandom. Congratulations on the Super Bowl. But that means it is time for Debbie Debate, brought to you guys by CampusToCanton.com. I am Matt Bruning. That is Chris Moxley. And down below is after-show superstar Mike Valeri. For today's show, we are going to be talking about the Combine breakouts in the 2022 season and have some special guests on the after-show. So let's kick it off, though, with the Combine, as that does start Thursday with yes, Mike is looking like a Top Gun extra with half a mustache. If you guys set set the scene, if you guys are not watching live, he literally has half a mustache, guys. It is a uh, it is it is quite uh, compelling. I'm I'm very curious to see what happens to the other half of that mustache during tonight's show. But tomorrow night, we will see a bunch of the players that we care about for fantasy. A lot of these skill position players kicking it off at the combine with their, we will see their weights, hand sizes. They will be running through drills. Mike, who is one player you are looking forward to getting some measurements on? I know you and Moxley are more into the analytics than some of us are, at least I am, on this show. So whose measurements do you think matters more tomorrow when we get those? 
Yeah, so uh, great question. I don't really care too much about the senior bowl guys. We got their measurements. If they put on the weight, they clearly just ate a bunch of cheeseburgers last month to boost those numbers up. So the guy that I really care about is going to be Kenneth Walker. Uh, I, I've, I've been a known Kenneth Walker hater probably this whole year. By hater, I mean like I have him as like RB5. But I, I don't believe he's 210. The whole year we saw Kenneth Walker listed at 210. But you know who else was listed at? Well, at 215. And that was Brees Hall. If you see Brees Hall in the room next to Kenneth Walker, do I think there's a five-pound difference between those two players? I don't. So I, I'm pretty excited to see what Kenneth Walker weighs in as and his height, but not really too worried about the height. I'm more worried about the weight. Two tens my threshold, and if he's below that, I'm a little. I'm 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 definitely gonna be fading him probably a little further. It's it's crazy that you say that because I feel like if he comes in at like 199, everybody's gonna hate Ky, uh, Kyron Williams. But if he comes in at like 201, everybody's gonna be like Kyron Williams RB three. Like it's it's insane how much just a couple pounds matter uh, for this stuff. But I, I'm very intrigued to see him as well because I think he's a very well-rounded back. And in my opinion, he's the best pass blocking back in this class. Maybe I've heard Devonta Price has gotten a lot of talk as being the best. I haven't watched him, so I don't know. But Kyron is is amazing, and I really think it's just the size that's going to hold him back. But Chris, who do you think has the best chance to improve their draft capital with a good performance this weekend? Uh, so I, I thought about this one a little bit. I think it's George Pickens. I think George Pickens has kind of been a forgotten wide receiver in the, in the class, and he's a guy who flashed as a freshman, but has really had injuries, uh, a down sophomore season, and then totally basically wasn't healthy the entire year despite coming back. He tore his ACL early, but managed to return for the last, I think, two or three games of the season. He claims that he can run in the four threes or four fours. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, but if he does, it sure certainly boosts his stock to a a fringe first, possibly a fringe first, probably a second round player. And I I think he's a guy who can improve his stock a lot, depending on his testing. And if he is healthy and his medicals check out, the combat's big for him. Yeah, that's that my bad. Uh, you know, take a week off and I forget how to mute myself and everything. Uh, yeah, Pickens is really interesting to me as well. We just, Matt Fox, who does all of our NFL content over at Campus to Canton, uh, we just did a NFL draft and a NFL mock draft and a rookie mock draft. And I mentioned that as well. I think Pickens could really not just increase his draft capital, but shoot up rookie draft boards as well. He's consistently going in like the second round in a lot of rookie mocks. If he goes out there and has a good weekend, I could definitely see him jumping up as well. Uh, Mike, is there someone that you think is well? I saw you shaking your head on Pickens. You agree on that? Is there another player you think could, could improve their draft capital? Yeah, I was pretty excited about the Pickens twins too. Uh, he didn't really have much production here. I and mean, a lot of us are basing our stuff off of 2020. Um, but the one that I think I want to see improved is – well, actually, it was Pickens. I opened my notebook up. It was Pickens. <laughs> it was Pickens. Um, I want to see his his numbers. And I want to see him pop, and I, and I think he will pop on tape as, or pop on the number category here. It's going to see his draft stock rise. Yeah, I actually agree with Mike too on his call. Um, I don't think that Walker is two ten either. I think he is closer to two hundred than he is two ten. Um, yeah. Because last year, before he transferred to Michigan State. This dude was listening at 200 on Wake Forest step chart. Is there a chance that he gained two, two, 10 pounds in the offseason? Absolutely. But Michigan State, also on this data that I've I've done, uh, you know, I've done a whole bunch of research. 
on uh, running back weight gain and which teams overlist their running backs in terms of weight. Michigan State is one of the worst offenders. They overlist their running backs by an average of like 4.6 pounds. So there's a realistic chance that Walker weighs in at 205 or, I actually, or less. Yeah, I, I actually think a lot more players stand to lose going to the combine than they stand to gain. Yeah, there's a lot more question marks out there. Like like James Cook, like he didn't go to the senior bowl. How much does he weigh? Like, let us know. And then like Jahan Dotson. I don't really know about John Dodds. I think we all think he's light. I don't think he's trying to hide that at all. But you know what I'm saying. There's a lot more guys that are like willing to lose when we find out the numbers and stuff like that. I don't think Damian Pierce is that agile. I think it's a little slow. I'm, I'm looking forward to Damian Pierce's 40 time. I'm, you know, the list goes on. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what. Um, damn it! Now I, I completely forgot what I was about to say. A player that you just mentioned, and I wanted to talk about them, and now I can't. Kenneth remember. Walker, James Cook. Jahan Dotson. Uh, Jahan Dotson. There we go. I'm very curious to see what he measures <laughs> in at uh, because like I, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of rumors yeah, that that's short. why he did not go to the Senior Bowl because I think he's listed at like five, ten, or eleven on Penn State's website, and there's a lot of rumors that he's really only like maybe five nine. So I'm very curious to see what he measures in height. It's not that I think it matters. I think he's a good wide receiver, but if he comes in at like five nine, I think that changes a little bit for some people. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that works yeah, out. That That's interesting because I never really doubted his height. Now, Wando Robinson, though, I'm very yeah. excited to see that number. <laughs> how how short does he have to be to kind of ruin that for you guys? Five, eight, probably. Five, eight. What is he listed at oh, right now? Five, ten? Five, five eleven is what he's listed uh, at. Ooh, no, he's listed at five, five, eleven. Ten. He's not yeah, five, eleven. I think he's no. probably closer to five, eight, five, nine. Um, I think Jahan Dawson is five, eight. And that's, so, that's crazy. I, I always thought he was 5'11". I, I, so I, I'm out on guys that are, are if they're below 5'10", like that's my line for me, then they need to be some sort of uh, like top tier athlete. You know, that that Jalen Waddle, that Elijah Moore, not, Waddle's not short, but he's underweight. But if, if you're under those like weight and height thresholds for me, I need to see some sort of top tier athleticism. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think Wandale's really athletic um, and can play in multiple roles. I don't know if Dotson has that same athleticism. Yeah. So who going the opposite side of this, we just talked about who are players that you guys think could improve their draft capital. Michael, throw it to you first. Who's someone you think could ruin their draft capital? Whether, whether it's like you just mentioned a Damian Pierce, maybe not being that agile in the three cone drill. Is it Jahan Dotson and Wandale coming in at like five, six? Like what, what is it that will kind of tank someone's draft capital after the combine weekend? Yeah, so for me, I, I already kind of touched on it earlier. It, it is James Cook and Damian Pierce. We've seen a wave of recency bias and people getting all excited. I, I mean, James Cook was, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was RB4 in his class. I think he was a five-star prospect or was a very high four-star prospect. And and we didn't see that type of level of production from him in college, but everyone's still praising him because he he had one big run against Alabama. I, I, I think that dude's a twig. I think he weighs closer to 180, maybe 185, and that just doesn't cut in the NFL. And so I think once it comes out what his actual size is, unless he converts to wide receiver, I, I'm, I'm, I think he's going to be a hard fade. And then I also think Damian Pierce is, I think Damian Pierce is this year's Jared Dokes. So I'm just kind of waiting for that to happen. That's a good box. Do you have anybody? Um, I know people will say it doesn't matter. And like, I'm not sure how much it really does matter. But there are rumors that Kenny Pickett's hands are the fourth smallest hands in the last 40 years. Like, they say his hands are closer to eight inches than they are like eight and a half inches. And those are really, 
really tiny hands. We've never seen a player succeed with that. He was wearing gloves indoors. Like I, I don't know if it matters, but I'm really, really curious to see what his hand hand size is. Um, he can skip that though, can he? I mean, I know he did at the Senior Bowl. Do you think he skips it tomorrow? I don't. I, I don't know if he will. Um, he cl- so his argument is that he is double jointed and therefore his hands are bigger, um, which is something I would say if my hands were also small. But uh, I'm just really curious about that measurement because I think some NFL teams are. I was, I don't know if it matters, but I do think some NFL teams think it does matter, and I think it will take some of them not off their board, but like it'll move them down. And so I think I, he is he could lose stock if he actually has like eight in chance, which I, I imagine he does. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine that the NFL teams have to question him during the interview process about his hands. I, I, I feel like that has to come up. Like it, it has to come out. Yeah, yeah. The just, the one thing I guess. Interesting. The one thing I'll say, I guess, in favor of him is he did play at Pitt with some bad weather at times, and it didn't seem to affect him. He didn't have a lot of fumbles and everything. So even with the baby hands, he was able to hold on to the ball. So I'll give him some love on that part. And he go did. ahead. I got to say something mean to someone here in a minute. So go ahead, Moxley. Go make That's fine. If, it, if it's going to be mean to me, I, I, I want to get not. out ahead of this. Okay, cool. Uh, um since 2017, Pickett ranks third in turnovers, oh, interceptions, okay. and fumbles in the entirety of uh, D- uh, Division One FBS. The only player ahead of him was Adrian Martinez and uh, someone else who graduated. I don't remember, but Heisman Martinez. Heisman. Yes, Heisman Martinez. But he is a he. He had like extensive turnover issues, and that. Like part of it's probably playing in Heinz Field and like being in bad weather with Pitt. But I really question a guy with really small hands is top three in turnovers over the last four years. Like there's, I, I find it hard to believe that there isn't something there. Like even if it's small, they feel slightly related. But I, the, I don't have the data to back it up. It's just, I'm all only speaking from narrative. Uh, if you say anything mean to me, you got to keep it to yourself. All right. It's it maybe it's not mean. I think it's more funny than anything else. But correct me oh, if I'm man. wrong. I, I don't know. This may be. I don't know. Moxley, you're young, Mike. How young are you? Like you don't have to give me an age here. You know, gentleman never asks. I shouldn't say a woman's age, but never. You know, like are you my age ish? Do you are do? You... Uh, no, but I'm older than Moxley, by the way. Okay, so you'll probably get this reference. The way you keep leaning into your camera and do it, you remind me a lot of Ace Ventura when he's looking for the wow. ring uh, in the Miami Dolphins. Like just the way you're doing it with the with the mustache, the shirt, it just you giving off. Some okay, so, <laughs> so I just so I, new, I think it's funny. Go ahead, sorry. My new, my new setup here. Uh, my mic doesn't fit on this desk I got from Human Habitat for Humanity, so it's actually on a bookshelf behind the desk, and it only hangs off like far off to the right of my desk. So I'm actually. Like this is the center of my computer, so I have the camera way off to the side. I'm leaning on my seat. Yeah, it's just like you see it now, don't you, Moxley? When he, it's like I get now while you're yeah. doing it. It's oh, just man. funny the way you keep coming in. It's like it just it makes me it makes me laugh every time I see it. All right, Moxley, Austin is not here. I, I did not get to listen to to um, whether if he was good cop or bad cop, but we know your wife has a favorite cop version of oh you. My God. So why don't we bring that out? Let's see some bad cop tonight and let's talk about some housekeeping stuff for the website. I wouldn't say I'm bad cop as much as just the cop you don't want to cross. Um, maybe I got some dirty dealings. Maybe 
there were a couple incidences I let slide. You know, I maybe I'm being paid by somebody else. You don't you don't know necessarily that I'm a bad cop. Maybe I'm just crooked. Um, allegedly, all, all of course, right? Um, we got a couple things coming up that I think y'all want y'all would be interested in. And if you're not interested in them, you know, there might be problems for you. Is all I'm saying. All I'm saying. Um, subscribe to the YouTube page is the first thing. We had a lot of stuff on there. Uh, we're producing content daily. We're about to get wrapped back up in some of our uh, off-season content. You know, we're doing daily content. We have the official now, which is Alfred, Matt, and David's new show, which is awesome stuff. It is groundbreaking analytics content uh, for high school freshmen, which are the basis for our Debbie rankings and basically giving you the leg up for anybody, any of your league makes. Um, you know, we got a lot of stuff over there. So subscribe to the YouTube, turn on notifications. If you want, you'll see whenever we go live, I would, I would do it if I were you, or you might face consequences. I'm not, not, not saying anything. Just, I wouldn't want some bad stuff to happen to you. Um, other thing is I would, venture to say that i would be leaving five star reviews on this podcast if you can um you know i know a lot of you have iphones and a lot of y'all have androids i know you have access to the itunes store the spotify store there you don't want to end up with a horse head in your bed is all i'm gonna say about the uh the reviews you know leave a five star review if you if you like us and if you don't like us i would leave a five star review anyway and that is just a suggestion. I, you know, don't want anything that bad to happen to you. So I would just leave a five-star review. So I'm saying. Uh, do, do we have anything special coming out? Any type of guides that's like tied to uh, something? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we got, we, we got some good stuff coming out. We got the freshman supplemental guide. Um, it's 184 profiles of players that, we uh we've written on and they're freshmen that are coming in and then players who are probably available in your campus canton leagues we also have um you know those players are tiered out and with a lot of with a lot of cool stuff we have adp for those players we have uh you know a bunch of contributors that did a really great job on this and you get a a lot of extensive knowledge from uh, an analytics perspective a pure film perspective there's a lot of really interesting stuff in this guide that i would be remiss if you didn't consider consider doing so, you sit down, you read the guide, you get a couple slices of the gabagool, it's fine. And then how how much is the guide, or is it included in something? What's going on? Yeah, it's twenty nine ninety nine. If your membership is twenty nine ninety nine, you sign up for the membership, you get the guide, bang bang boom. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Hold up! You're telling me you're you're telling me, Chris Moxley, that all I have to do is sign up for the for the the website, which comes in with the metric the metric tool and and all these great articles, and I get the guide for free. Uh, that's what I'm telling you. You get the guide for free with the yearly membership, which is currently twenty nine ninety nine. That Hawaiian shirt's just not too tight, Chris. That's insane. I listen. I don't cite the pricing. Um, you know, I think Austin probably is off his rocker for for this deal. Um, we tried to sneak it past him, and I, I think he just – there's a screw loose up there for uh, Austin okay at this. 
I mean, I think it's mostly because Austin just like pockets all of our money. I don't, I don't think any of us. I, have, Mike, have you even been paid yet? Like, I'm still kind of curious on how all that stuff works. But just to kind of uh, jump onto the guide there, as Moxley mentioned, he yeah, has 184 profiles. We've got mile per hour stuff in there, ADP rankings. It's we put a ton of work into it, so I appreciate uh, you guys jumping in. It is the perfect evolutions of beard polar nights. It is 100%. I agree with you right there. It's just, it's, it's glorious. It's a, it's a great show hair too. I think all of our hair is on point. Usually the host of the show struggles a little bit with that part. So, you know, it, it's good to get a lot of, we've got some hair going on this show. Good, good hair game. All right. So jumping into the main part of the show today, we're going to do year two breakouts and Felix and Austin. Don't let me have any fun on this show. Anytime I'm like, Hey, Let's do a little game and let's keep track of this, see who wins at the end of the year. They never want to do it because they both know they're likely going to lose to me. But I get to control the show today. And so we are going to do this my way. I'm going to keep track of this and hopefully at least Mike doesn't win it because then we have to bring him back at some point in time later in the year for him to gloat about winning. But what we're going to do is talk year two breakouts Three at the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver position. Um, and how the point totals are going to work if the player that you pick finishes in the top 24. They're going to get eight points, 25 to 65, and then 60 plus three points. And I'm going to kick it to you first, Mike. You are the guest. Give us one of your quarterbacks that you think is going to have a breakout second season. All right. Thank you. I'm the guest for now. Just saying, just for now. But, uh, just some foreshadowing. I mean, hey, with, with that Felix impression, <laughs> we may not need him to come back. I mean, I know he's not yeah. watching and or listening. So, you know, we may, uh, you know, may just found a new permanent host. Hey, maybe. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not a quarterback guy. I'm really not. And uh, Chris Moxley beat me to the page. So he he got the two guys that I really care the most about outside of Jackson Dart and Caleb Williams. Those were the two guys that were off limits to put on the sheet. So my first one up is going to be Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. It's a new system there, new head coach. And the first game that this guy has as a new head coach is a 500-yard passing game with a quarterback has never thrown for more than 400 the whole season. I, and I think it's just wheels off for that whole offense to begin with. Um, we had the breakout of, of Lorenzo Styles, who I will talk about very soon. And uh, I, I just believe in it. And um, I think I think he's set up to, to go off here. And and I think Notre Dame keeps their entire offensive line. I mean, it's a school known for creating offensive linemen. It, it's not a lot of the core pieces. I'm just saying they're set to, to succeed there, and I'm pretty excited about that. So I think Tyler Buckner has all the tools laid out in front of him to succeed. He just has to be almost mediocre at best. Moxley, give us one of yours. Uh, which one do I would like? Uh, I'm going to go Seth Hennigan, which is the the one that uh, the other one that Mike was alluding to. He's a guy that I think could be very productive at Memphis for you. He had a 62.9 QBR, almost a 0.4 EPA per play as a true freshman. And to put those numbers into context, those are those are impressive numbers to do as a guy who was not expected to start this year. He was um, expected to be like the starter in 2022, was forced in due to injury, and stepped up and was was pretty impressive. You know, um, one of our contributors, Hannah wrote an article, the 411 on the AAC, and she mentioned that that he was second in the AAC in yards per attempt, and yards per attempt is one of the more predictive metrics when we're talking about quarterbacks as well. I think he's a guy that can finish very highly in CFF leagues that I'm really excited about. Um, I also think his NFL potential, I like. I am on the Seth Hannigan bandwagon. I think he's a pretty good player. 
Yeah, I like uh, I like Hennigan a lot. Obviously, last year at this point in time, I was I was all aboard the Grant Gannell train. That did not work out at all. But Hennigan uh, was uh, phenomenal all season. I think he, he missed one or two games due to that injury, but outside of that, he was he he was good. And Memphis has always had a good offense, so I'm, I'm with you there. I like that a lot. Uh, I want Sam Heward out of Washington. Talked a little bit about this, Mike. I, actually, you were kind of the creator of this subconsciously when you put out that tweet the other day about the the wide receivers that broke out with 900 plus yards like well you know what? why don't we just do like a whole show on second year breakouts and I mentioned in that a couple of other players and that got me thinking about Sam Heward I'm all in I think Kalen DeBoer coming over was one of the best coaching hires this offseason for that offense I know they've got Michael Penix there and there are a lot of people who believe Penix will get the job I don't I just don't think he has the tools, and I understand why Felix has has liked him for as long as he did, right? He's had flashes of being a really good quarterback, but I think just the mixture of bad mechanics and just consistently being injured has not allowed him to develop into what he could have been, and I don't think that happens now. Heward was the top quarterback in his class. Uh, the, you know, he did play horrible in that, that one game he got to start last year, the last game for Washington. The one thing I will say for him, though, is – Coming out of high school, we all talked about him kind of running as Felix, you know, quote unquote, got kind of became famous on on all our shows because we'd always mentioned he had cement shoes. He was run, that's what the way he ran. He looked more mobile in that game for Washington than I thought he would be. He's not going to burn anybody with his legs, but I do think he can buy a little bit of time. Jake Hayner last year with Fresno put up 30 points a game on average with that Fresno State offense. I think Washington's going to be able to do close to that maybe not quite as good because fresno played probably a little bit worse competition than what the washington's going to get in the pac-12 but their schedule is fairly easy they only play three good teams throughout the year i think sam Hewer is going to take a massive step forward this year i expect him to have a really good season with the washington huskies go ahead mike i forgot that i was up sorry <laughs> i'm actually pretty excited about this next one here um because i dug in more and i got pretty excited about it. it's gonna be drake may of unc sam howell leaves for the draft it's kind of the same kind of narrative here that the team related to the train doesn't change too much but he gets to step into a, a really nice talent that's josh downs i mean he, he's a borderline round one definitely a round two guy at the worst right now at the moment and and so he's set up to succeed he has great great size at six foot five 220 so he's not that He's not shaped like the Hobbit, and he has to throw over the line. He has great size where he can he can throw the ball a little more accurately over the field. But the one the one real start that he had, I shouldn't say start, the one game that he had playing time in, we saw him throw nine nine attempts, seven completions, right? Uh, and he only had ten attempts the whole season, seventy percent completion rate. That's not going to hold, but it, it makes me feel a little good. It's a super small sample size, so it, it gives me a little bit of a, a feel good feeling here. And I think Drake May is, is set up to kind of pick up where Sam Howell belonged. And, and the UNC defense isn't getting any better, I'm not, I don't think. So they're going to be playing from behind more often than not. And he's going to be able to throw the ball and just air it out. Mike is stealing all my guys, man. Like, uh, No, you stole Seth Hennigan. I'm a huge Seth Hennigan fan. Oh, I'm a, you, you got two of my guys on here that I would have put. But I was being generous. And give, I get, for those – listening i gifted mike tyler buchner um he's very upset uh this was true you know, he's crying he was crying and i didn't want to make a big deal about it for the show uh you know i didn't want to just want to go smoothly so i gifted him tyler buchner and i replaced him with Kadon salter 
the Liberty transfer from Tennessee who has a million off the field issues and uh, of course is recruited by Liberty and Hugh Freeze and that entire program who kind of turns a blind eye to those sorts of things. But Salter is a really good player. Salter is someone who has great mobility. He has good pocket presence. He can be a productive player. He has good arm strength. He just has to win the job. And I think he will. I think he's the most talented player in that room. There's off the field concerns with him. Absolutely. But Salter is a guy who was a high end recruit recruited to Tennessee. It didn't work out really only because of off the field issues. I think that he would still be there if he wasn't being a knucklehead in the sec. And I think that he maybe now has a chance to redeem himself and, you know, he's a guy that I think could, if he does start this year, has potential to be a top 30 uh, CFF producer for you just because he has that mo- level of mobility and the offense is adding a couple pieces despite losing Malik Willis. So he's he's a guy that I'm tentatively interested in. Yeah, so I completely went and like did not look at the show sheet. So I just want to jump back to Sam Heward really quick and mention Kalen DeBoer's offense because I did all this work to put that stuff together and didn't even talk about it. Um, Where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it go? I'm doing a really great job of hosting tonight. 58% success rate and 50%, I'm sorry, 58 early pass rate, 50% success rate, total EPA 195.73. So just want to throw it out there. And he does have Jalen McMillan and Rome Adunze on the outside, which I think are better than any of the weapons that Kalen DeBoer has had at Fresno State. On to my next guy. This one, I admit, is taking a little bit of a leap of faith. Because there is a chance that he doesn't start out the year as the starter, but I think he's the better quarterback in the room, and that is Ty Thompson at Oregon. He's got the size, athleticism, incredible arm talent. A little bit worried that he was never able to get onto the field last year, and we never really got a reason why. I know Mario Cristobal... Is He seems like one of those older coaches that's a little bit hesitant to lean on the younger players, but even when Oregon was out of games, they still didn't put him in there. Is it because Ty Thompson wasn't ready? I don't know. I hope that's not the reason why, because then he's definitely not going to get any points from this guy. But I just don't think Bo Nix is it, and I know he's got the connection to Dillingham. But if or I don't think Oregon is wanting to like build toward the future. I think they believe their future is now. USC is likely going to be the king of the Pac-12 here in the next couple of years with, with Riley coming over. Utah's probably the best team right now in the Pac-12. So I think Oregon knows they have a chance to strike. If, if Bo Nick struggles or does not look good, I do think Ty Thompson can get in. And with what Dillingham was able to do with Bo Nix in his freshman season, and that was the best we've seen of Bo Nix, I think Ty Thompson has more talent than Bo Nix, and if he can put it together, should be with his athleticism, rushing upside, and his arm, should put up some decent fantasy numbers because I do think they're going to be able to put up points uh, on any defense that they play. So I'm all in on Ty Thompson jumping up. Maybe not top 24 because I I, I still don't know that he starts the season. I think Bo Nix starts but I think he could get into like that 30 to 35 range by the end of the year because he starts enough games and puts up enough points. That's, that's you, Ace Ventura. You're up. Uh, yeah. All right. My last one is J.J. McCarthy. I don't think Cade uh, Mac, Mac, McNamara. Mac, I'm going to say How do you say it one time? Someone help me out. Cade McNamara. Cave Magnair, whatever. He sucks. I don't think he's it. <laughs> I don't, I don't even want to learn, learn his name. I don't want to learn his name. I wanted them to, to recycle and go to the next guy. 
and I'm I'm tired. I'm sorry, Kevin, if you're listening. I'm tired of, of Michigan having all this great talent and then having it just not really come out. You know, I feel like they're always have these excuse great talents come to to Michigan and it's like maybe we get a running back flash here and there, but that's pretty much about it. I, I think that team's stacked and I don't know why I'm buying in that they're gonna <laughs> that they're gonna they're gonna do well. But uh, JJ McCarthy was my default one left after after I couldn't take Seth Hennigan. So JJ McCarthy, I, I'm rooting for you to take over that room. But let's let's get some get something new going on there. I like I like that call. If he can learn how to play in structure, he could be a very good quarterback. Um, he just needs to figure out how to actually play in a regular offense. But my final guy is Clay Millen. Uh, originally a Nevada recruit, but joined Jay Norvell when Norvell moved on to. Uh, Colorado State. I like Millen. I think he's a good quarterback. He's like a pretty, like he he understands pocket presence pretty well. And I, I think he has a fine arm. But the real reason I like him is because Dre Norvell passes like a ton. Last year, he ranked third in neutral game script pass rate, which is basically like when the game is close and you're not in like fourth down situations. What does it look like? And, and so that offense wants to pass a bunch. And I think that Millen is basically going to assume the Carson Strong-esque role. I like the weapons they have there. Dante Wright, I think, is a good wide receiver. I like Torrey Horton, who also transferred in from Nevada. I think that there are players in that offense that can help Millen succeed. So I like year two upside for Millen. And he's got like a prototypical like pro-style quarterback body. I, I He's a guy that I'm excited about. Um, and I oh, think time out, time time out, time out, time out. Felix Sharp here. Uh, what quarterbacks are six foot seven in the NFL? I mean, what was his name? The Brock Lobster was like okay, I guess. I mean, he he got a team to the playoffs, and I'm pretty sure he was the reason Denver won the division. And and I know Peyton Manning came back and took him to the Super Bowl, but I, you know, maybe he's the outlier there, Mike. Maybe he's an outlier good point all right so that goes to me and I, I debated very hard on this last quarterback i really wasn't sure you know do i go jake garcia you know baron morton is the guy i think could Jesus take over Christ. at texas tech I'm, i was trying to find somebody I don't it was slim picking it was hard after like four yeah. guys i mean after yeah. a lot of those guys win it's kind of like does this guy really have yeah. a chance to do anything i really thought about going morton because i think he could i don't I don't know. Donovan Smith had like two good games. I don't know that he's really the future. This, of Texas oh, that's Tech, a good one. I like that. You can take JJ McCarthy. I'll talk Donovan Smith. Tyler Shuck. Tyler Shuck is the starter there. Jesus no, he's Christ. not. No, he's not. Did he no, play in not. the bowl game? Anyways, the player I'm going with is Kyle fucking McCord. I don't. I'm not gonna say that he beats CJ Stroud and wins the job. I've, that ship has sailed. I'm still at the harbor now. I, I came back. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going down with the Titanic. But I do think that he likely transfers out. I don't think he stays there. I, I'd love it if he did because I'm such a big Ohio State fan and I love Kyle McCord, but I don't think there's any way he stays once spring comes and he's not going to get that job. And we talked about it last year, and I still believe that he could start on like 95% of rosters. So if he transfers out somewhere, I do think that he's going to be smart, go somewhere where he can get the starting job. He's got all the talent in the world. I mean – What's wrong, Moxley? I don't I don't give up on my guys, man. Raymond Davis. I just, 
this no i didn't, this I didn't whole, say anything this whole exercise made me realize how down i was on the class because I, I i opened up the sheet i saw chris took took uh tyler buckner and, and seth hennigan and i was like all right and i went straight to my debbie rankings which is what i do for c2c and i was like i'm i have like three or four guys in the top 50 for quarterback in this class like that was it except for that all right, let's go to running back, and I'm going to kick it off here with L.J. Johnson out of Texas A&M. And I'll fully admit that we – so our rule was you can't take anybody in the first two rounds. I'm pretty sure he's not going in the first two rounds, but I didn't actually look to see. Okay, Moxie's shaking his head no, so I'm good there. Uh, obviously, they've got uh, Devin Ochain there who is – yeah, neither would I, but I was trying to remember because I did a – what was it? We did some, and I saw someone took him really early, but I didn't think it was top two rounds. But anyways, they've got Achain, who's probably going to get a lot of work, very explosive running back. LJ Johnson, the complete opposite. That. He's more of like the Isaiah Spiller of this offense. But if you go look at what Jimbo Fisher's offenses have been, no, they've only had three running backs since going back to his time at Florida State who have ever gotten over 200 carries. It was Dalvin Cook twice, and for the life of me, I cannot remember who the third running back is right now. They split those carries almost fairly evenly. The past couple of years, Isaiah Spiller, 179, Devin Achain, 139. Then the year before that, uh, they had uh, Nia Smith and, and Achain splitting carries. It was 74-39, and then Isaiah Spiller had 159. So I do think that they're going to split carries with LJ and Achain, and I like LJ Johnson's game. He was RB3 for me last year behind Travion and Will Shipley, and, and Travion was in a tier of his own, but it was Shipley and then LJ were right there together. And I... While I do think they're going to go to a more of a passing offense, I talked about this recently after the the interview Jimbo Fisher gave on 24-7 Sports. It's why he said he went out and uh, got, got Weigman because he wanted to start airing the ball out more. He said that's how you win. The past couple years, they've run the ball 50% of the time in neutral situations and had a 49% success rate. So, And I do think that LJ Johnson's going to be the guy down at the goal line. I honestly think LJ Johnson could be a very good running back, not just for CFF purposes, but I do think he's got NFL future as well. So I'm going to take LJ Johnson here. Chris, who is your first running back you're taking for a breakout? And on point, Chris Mock. All right, Chris here. Chris is here. Ultimate Castle is my guy. I I gotta get it. I gotta get it out once a show, and that was my uh, my example. No, yeah, but Ultimate Caskill is my guy, Um, and I don't think this is surprising. He's a guy that a lot of us were high on heading into the year. He had a sixty-seven percent backfield dominator as a true freshman, which is really impressive. He beat out Mobacar. He beat out all the other, um, you know, options on that roster. He had nine hundred sixty-one rushing yards on. 5.1 5.1 yards per carry, which is, you know, it's good. Uh, but the key is that he had 20 receptions as a true freshman. I think that number improves. I think that that's going to be a thing what we see him get maybe like in the 30, 35 range. And I do expect touchdown regression from him. So last year he scored 16 touchdowns. I don't think that's happening again if he doesn't assume more of the work. But he is a guy I am projecting to be a top 12 to 15 running back in 2022 uh, for your CFF production. So I, I really like McCaskill this year. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry, I was muted. I was looking at McCaskill stuff because I'm a lot, I'm super excited about McCaskill. I feel like you really undersold that, Chris. Anyway. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cause I, right, no, no, I'm, I'm just gonna go into running backs. 
Um, my first running back here is going to be Raheem Sanders. I think he's outside the first two rounds. That was the the parameter there. And um, yeah, Raheem Sanders was listed as an athlete last year, and, and, and he's shown exactly exactly that. So his stats last year, 114 carries for 578 yards and five touchdowns. Also received 11 out of 14 targets for 104 yards. He averaged 5.1 per carry in the SEC behind Arkansas's line, which is not ever an offensive line that anyone ever brags about. On top of that, like uh, his his high school profile, right? So like Simmons, he's an athlete. He played wide receiver, running back, and linebacker in, in high school, as well as having a 15.9 yards per carry his senior year in high school. Uh, this dude's built like a tank, but can move like you know very fluidly, and 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 he's elusive in the open field too. I I really like Ryan Sanders. Kind of how Chris said, if he gets more of the bulk load of the carries, I'm very much in on him. Uh, he's an insane athlete, and he had 19 forced missed tackles last year. 19. That that's that's 19 out of 114. He also had a 15.8 percent explosive run rate. That means 15.8 percent of his runs were over 10 yards. So I, I do think Raheem Sanders. We're, we're going to see a sharp rise in his draft stock here coming up. I'm I'm very excited about it. Yeah, he's uh, both those guys. I believe uh, Raheem Sanders and Alton are guys that uh, Austin was was very high on coming into the season last year, and both I think were if if you listen to Austin on Campus Life and grab them in uh, your drafts, you were fairly happy with the production you got out of them. Just wanted to give him a shout out since you know they never really shout out anybody but themselves. Yeah, I, and, you know, I would also here, like so. to give. I want to give another shout out to Austin too, just while we're talking about him. He also was very high on Jaden Wally. And we all know how that happened. Is Jaden Wally good? I, I feel nope. like he's stunned. No? no? Okay, I thought not. so. Yeah, we got to sure get both sides of the story here. I'm <laughs> pretty sure I drafted him in like a 50-team CFF league as like my wide receiver too. Mostly because of Colin, though, because Colin's like, that's Austin's guy. We got to grab him. And it did not. I made a thread. I put, in, I put in at least 30, 45 minutes of time on Twitter to make a thread about him. I mean, speaking of bad calls, Mayan Williams is like, never mind. We're not going to go there because I don't want. I want to. I don't want to dredge that up. Good old. Good old Felix Sharp. All right. So my second running back here is Carson Steele out of Ball State. I've talked a lot about him. Um, had a good back end of the season last year. Ball State um, typically runs the ball quite a bit. Affectionately named Thor by his teammates. He had. Uh, where did it go? I already lost it. Like 800 rushing yards, uh, had 12 catches as well last year. Was was more than I expected because he didn't really catch the ball a lot in high school. Suffered an injury in high school, which I think is why he was recruited so lowly and ended up going to Ball State. Don't know that he's ever got like any real NFL future ahead of him, but I do think he will be the lead ball carrier for Ball State. While that may not matter for like the first half of the season for you and your C2C leagues, I think he'll put up decent points, but never probably going to win you a week. When they get to Maction at the end of the year, that's when we saw him really break out, and a lot of people were talking about him. He had that really good run. He hurdled, I think it was like an Akron defender or something like that, on a Tuesday night with the gold flowing hair, just looking gorgeous out there. I think he's going to blow up at the end of the season next year uh, and end up winning some people their CFF championship. So I'm all in on Ball State running back Carson Steele. I like Carson Steele. Um, he's affectionately named Thor. That's a that's a really good nickname from him. If you've ever it seen really him run, is. like long, not just long flowing blonde locks. Like this dude, not jacked. just run. Yeah, he's a fucking yeah. Adonis man. He's like jacked. Uh, yeah, he's like the he, Thor he, from awesome. from Endgame. No, no, not, I'm the Thor from Endgame without the hair. 
No, no, no. Just go look up a picture of him, Mike. Yeah, because okay. so, uh, you're gonna you're gonna clutch your pearls a little bit when you see my oh. Car Steel's good. Car um, uh, I'm a, man. We're giving Austin a little too much love tonight because my next two are both Austin guys. Um, I mean, look, he's I, so modest; he would never do it himself. So we've got to do it for him. He would never toot his own horn true. and talk about how great right. he is at anything. So we've got to do it for him. It's okay. okay. I'll bounce it out again. He also really liked Michael Jackson the third, and he's in the transfer portal now. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I like Ontario Brown, and I was not a guy who liked Ontario Brown um, like two weeks ago. Uh, you know, Ontario Brown's the Northern Illinois running back. Uh, their leading rusher, Javon Ducker, transferred out. He went to Memphis. I expect him to split time with Harrison Whaley this year, but even splitting time, this was a team that ranked 125th in neutral game skip pass rate. They throw very little. They run as much as they possibly can until they're down. Um, he had a 60% breakaway run rate. Like this dude is electric as a true freshman last year. I'm really excited to see what he can do this year with probably 200 carries, even if he splits with Harrison Whaley, who should be back and healthy. I think Ontario Brown's a guy who you could see finish in the top 30 running backs and really has to, but like the size and I think the ability to be a long-term producer for you, i.e. like, I think he can be drafted and like, you don't see that a lot in, in Mac running backs. And I think he could break that mold. So I like Ontario Brown. I didn't, he's one of Austin's guys and I have come a long way around on him. Okay. So Chris isn't selling this enough. NIU is the number one rushing offense in the league. And not only did, Someone else transfer out, Ducker transfer out, but also uh, Ratovich or whatever is going to the draft. He'll be undrafted, but he's going to the draft. So, so two guys are gone, leaving just two left. I love him too. It's great picks, Chris. You're a great guy. You, you know your stuff. All right. I appreciate so that. now my, yeah, I got you. And now my next guy here is going to be Montreal Johnson, right? Transfer from uh, University of Lu ULL. I'm going to mess it up. Uh, he had 163 carries for 141 yards and 12 touchdowns. And then he also had a little bit of receiving work at six for 53 and zero. So he doesn't have quite NFL size because I, I am a Debbie guy here. Um, he's at he's listed at 205, which is fine because he's a freshman. He can put on five pounds over the next two years. I'm all good with that. He transfers to University of Florida, an SEC school. He follows his coach to a whole new school. And, and the guy that everyone keeps – expecting to break out is the demarcus bowman i think that train has left the station demarcus bowman i'm not scared of him whatsoever it's gonna be the montreal johnson show and it's coming to the sec and it's coming to florida and and i'm all about it um he oh he has an 11 percent explosive run rate sorry about that also has 24 missed tackles forced on 163 carries so also very decent in those categories very nice. Yeah, he's uh, a guy. Man, we're talking a lot about Austin. We might as well just have had him on the show tonight. Uh, he's he. I know he's kind of come around on him uh, as well here of late. Uh, sticking on brand for me, I've got to talk about an Ohio State player. Evan Pryor is a guy that I think could break out a little bit here this year. 
If you go and look at what they have done running back wise, I mean, Travion Henderson clearly came in and like took over this backfield after the Oregon game. Some of that due to mine Williams, Felix's favorite running back getting hurt. Uh, but I mean, once Henderson came in and kind of did what he did, he, he never really turned the ball back over 183 rushing attempts over the year. But those other two running backs always get a decent amount of carries. Mayan Williams, 71, and Master Teague, who is, I mean, realistic. Love you, Master Teague. Not that good. 67. Go back through the years. Those second-run, third-running backs always get some run, especially when Ohio State is winning big. They will pull those guys out and throw them in. Evan Pryor still got 21 carries last year. I think he's going to jump mine Williams at some point. I know Felix loves him, and I do think that he is a very good running back, but Evan Pryor I think is better. I think he will at some point either jump my Williams or still be in the share in the group there with that second and third running back getting a lot of carries. With Ohio State's schedule, he should get plenty of playing time with his receiving upside and just how good he looked in some of those games earlier uh, last year or late last year. I think Evan Pryor has a chance to kind of surprise some people with some of the points he'll be able to put up in a backup role at running back. Cool. I uh, took my headphones off when you said it was Ohio State guy, so I'm glad I tuned in. Uh, for the last five seconds. So you, can... you got one more, one more coming on the wide receivers. Yeah. So, and then, but then we'll be good. So, yeah, I just glad that I was able to make the transition. Um, I like Malachi Thomas, and I think he's an interesting player for Virginia Tech this year. Virginia Tech is kind of in a transitional year that you know they brought in basically an entirely new staff. They brought in almost an entirely new offense, and the one key player that's remaining is last year's true freshman Malachi Thomas, who, if you remember, had two back-to-back 100-yard games in the middle of the season against Syracuse or Georgia Tech when he was basically promoted to lead running back. He faded down the stretch, and I don't think that's necessarily surprising because Virginia Tech was playing like they quit. They basically quit like week eight is really what happened. They were not playing hard anymore. They got blown out in their bowl game. They just were not a competitive team. And like, it's not surprising that he he suffered there. And, and so I think he's going to be the RB1. And I think he has potential to be a great collegiate producer for your teams. He's a guy I'm really excited about. I think he has pass catching ability. I Even though he only, I think he only caught three passes last year, I think he's a guy who can be an upside player in both phases of the game. There are losses on that Virginia Tech team, and that's what I'm a little scared off of. But he's one of the consistent pieces on offense that I think stays and has that level of comfort within a potentially new system with with like a lot of players who choose to stay. Like it's it's not sexy, but kind of like him. He's small. I don't know if he's NFL upside. He's I think 188 currently, but good good collegiate producer. And that's how we're getting scored here. So that's how I'm uh, I'm picking my guys. All right. Well. I won the competition, so I'm, my next pick is going to be Diamond Edwards. Diamond Edwards is going to be uh, the Michigan running back to own here coming up this season, right? I'm not a Blake Corum fan. He's listed Blake Corum is listed at I want to say five foot eight, two hundred pounds. I think he's more like five foot eight, one ninety. But Diamond Edwards here has a really big uh, upside for receiving, as well as they're losing Hassan Haskins to the draft. Now Hassan had two hundred and seventy carries, and that's I think that's all. I hopefully that's all going to go to Donovan Edwards here. Don Edwards has the NFL size. He belongs to a top comp, top school. And I think it's going to take over here. And I think he has more tools to win than Blake Corum. And he has the upside of his size and athleticism where I think Blake Corum, what we saw is what we got. And that's about it. But I think Donovan Edwards is just getting started. 
yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I like the Donovan Edwards call. He, it's it's funny if uh, Felix posted a little thing. We do we do ranking summits, and we're hoping to do those again this off season as well. And we did them on the running backs last year, and your boy. The Ohio State Buckeyes fan was the highest on Donovan Edwards out of everybody, and I was told I was stupid for having him ranked as high as he did. Uh, did, and then he looked great at the end of that season. I'm I'm very excited to see him out there. I think him and, and him and Corum are going to be a very interesting duo uh, for Michigan this year. So we're gonna go through the wide receivers quickly because uh, Felix is he's very demanding. He likes us to keep these shows at a certain amount of time, and we're we're running close to an hour. Oh, and, and Mike Mike was like, we need to get this quickly. I'm just going to move myself off the show. So, Mike, it was great having you here. I'm sure you'll be back in a minute. So I'll kick it off first. Um, I went with Troy Franklin. I talked earlier how I think Ty Thompson could end up being the starting quarterback at Oregon. I think Franklin could benefit from that by being the main receiver there. I don't love any of the other guys they had. I mean, 18 catches for 209 yards last season. Um, and I do think Dillingham, well, I know it was brought up to me, that, you know, he's never had a, a wide receiver break the 900-yard mark, which Mike talked about on Twitter. That's kind of the very few freshmen. I don't know. You can you can let us know how that, that tweet was worded because I can't remember. But the hit 900 yards are over. Seth Williams almost hit it. And I think if he had had a better quarterback than Bo Nix and not necessarily been playing SEC competition, he would have done it. Well, guess what? Ty Thompson is better than Bo Nix, and the Pac-12 defenses are not SEC competition outside of Utah. So I think that Troy Franklin has a chance to have a really good season for the Oregon Ducks this year. Mike, who have you got? Yeah, thank you. I, I'm going to start off with uh, Lorenzo Styles here. Um, one of my guys, nobody else has talked about him on the show except for me. Um, now, talking about the stat that uh, Matt has alluded to twice now is the stat was only three sophomore wide three second year, I can't say sophomore, but three second year wide receivers from the from the Power Five conferences last year got over 900 receiving yards. That's it, just three. I called it down year, call it whatever, but it is still only three. And so I was wondering what everyone's everyone's uh, shots were, and, and that's what kind of led to this exercise here. But my first one here is gonna be Lorenzo Styles. Uh, he went off in the bowl game again. Like I stated with uh, Tyler Buckner, it's a new offense. They, they passed for 500-plus yards in the first time. Um, Styles went off for eight receptions for 139, 136 yards and one touchdown. They lose a receiver to the draft. Um, I believe his name is Kevin Austin. He was almost a 900-yard receiver. And on top of that, they also lose Kyron Williams. That was, I believe, a 432-yard receiver as well. So there's a lot of vacant targets. There's a lot of vacant um, yards there. They only had one high-profile guy coming in this year, and uh, Tobias uh, Merriweather, who I am actually kind of high on. He's the top 15 guy for me. So the opportunity is there, and then it's just it's it stocks up. This guy's the ceiling. You know, everything's lined up for him to succeed at this level, and he's he ended on a really nice nice pace. I think that's a good call. I like uh, I like both y'all's calls actually. What? What was his name again? Because I, I don't even know who you're talking about. I, I agree. I've not heard yes. anybody talk uh, about him. So. Lorenzo Styles. Don't get him mixed up with his dad. It's Lorenzo Styles Jr. So okay. don't get him mixed up. That's a that's a good name. Yeah, I, I'm glad you're able to pull that one out. Um, yes, he's going he's gonna to style on the defense. It's very easy. Yeah, I like that. Um, so I, I guess this is apparently turning into one of my guys because I'm consistently higher than him in CFF ranks, C2C ranks, Debbie ranks. And I don't mean to, but I really like Deshaun Stribling. 
who is the wide receiver at Washington State. He operated as wide receiver three last year. He uh, had about 15% weighted dominator and a 1.04-ish yards per team pass attempt, which are both passable. Like, that is good enough for a freshman wide receiver where you're like, okay, maybe there's something there. What I really like is that Calvin Jackson and Travell Harris are both leaving this offseason. They're vacating over 1,800 yards between the two of them. Renard Bell, who's their slot receiver, is coming back. I like uh, the other outside receiver in Donovan Ollie. I think he's an interesting player. But I think Dejon Stribling, who was impressive as a true freshman, can be an interesting option in an offense that brings in Eric Morris, who is the head coach at Incarnate Ward, and Cameron Ward together and with already that consistency between the two who head coach and quarterback. I think Stribling is the main beneficiary. And this is a guy who could exceed hundred yards this season with the pass half he approached. And I like, he was already impressed as a true freshman. So I, he's a guy that can go be really impressive this year. All right, Moxley it is time to remove your headphones as we are going back to the Ohio state Buckeye talk. And I am taking Emeka Egbuka. I mean, look, I, I, I put it on your thread. So I might as well just stick to my guns and say what I said on there. I did change one of the players. So, um, a, last year, Looking at their wide receivers, Jason obviously massive season, 95 receptions. Chris Olave, 65. Garrett Wilson, 70. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are gone. Jason is going to be the guy. Uh, we're working on a project. I, I talk a little bit about JSN on it, and I think that – I honestly think he could break 100 catches this year. But that being said, we saw Marvin Harrison break out in that game against Utah in the Rose Bowl. Talk about a Mecca Abuka. Talk I about a Mecca Abuka. Calm down. I'm getting there. Uh, Marvin Harrison, I think, is obviously going to be the two. And Mecca, I think, is going to be the main third wide receiver on the field. Julian Fleming is going to start, but I just don't think he's got it. Injuries and everything, like I talked about with Michael Penix earlier, I think has kind of slowed his development. They're going to move JSN all around the formation, and Mecca will be in the slot. He'll move outside. He did split almost those times last year in the slot and outside for Ohio State in that second grouping. I would not be surprised if he gets close to 65 or 75 catches this year with what he can do in the slot and outside. And with that, some of that's going to come against weaker competition with Kyle McCord or even Devin Brown possibly in there, and he's going to rack up yards like he did in that Akron game where he took a catch 70 yards, and he's going to build up some of those catches and those yards. I think he's going to break that 900-yard mark. Mecca Igbuka in for a big season. I'm done. That's it, Moxley. The last Ohio State player I promise I'm going to talk about, unless someone brings up somebody in the after show. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> All right. All right. So I, I'm up here, and, and, and this pick was a little inspired by uh, by Chris Moxley because I, I saw he threw on a Miami receiver, and I just couldn't help to think to myself how wrong he was and how he's just always wrong. So uh, my Miami wide receiver is going to be Rash- Rashad Smith. Rashad Smith, right? Uh, he – was 14 for 14 last year. That's right. Did not drop one ball. Solid hands. And as a high school athlete, he ran a sub 4-5-40 as a high school athlete. So he's got wheels. 2-4-7 comped him to Tyreek Hill. I know that's like how everyone comps everybody that's fast is they're automatically Tyreek Hill. But I think that speaks for something. And, and here's the other kicker is that he averaged 13.5 yards, at, uh, yards after the catch per reception. Yards after the catch per reception, he got 13.4 yards per catch, which is insane. 
Now, here's the weird part. Um, I, I give a little bit of negative here with the positive. Um, his ADOT was was actually negative. A lot of his stuff came from behind the line. It was a lot of screenplays. And I, I personally couldn't answer the question as to why that is. But I, I like the tools. I see the twitch. I see the explosive. And, and I see the open field elusiveness. Um, I want to see him get more involved in the offense. But I, I see the tools there where he can be a problem as soon as the ball touches his hands. I like how you conveniently left the part out that I see on the show sheet about how he beat all these zero, year one zero categories, which is the research that I did on Brashard Smith to prove that he is a good player, despite you slamming me. All right, all right. I brought him up one time in the Slack channel. I was like, hey, whenever everyone heard of Brashard Smith, and you guys were like, oh, he's hyped up in the spring game and didn't do much. And I was like, okay. So I, I mentioned him first, and then I think he was probably the inspiration for the entire year one zero category. Probably was. I'm not really sure though. All right, Christopher huh. Columbus one and two. Let's stop trying to figure out who discovered who. We, we hey. Austin does enough of that. Let's let's who you got, Moxley. So I I want to go with, with the other Alabama or Alabama shit Miami wide receiver. He doesn't uh, even Ram- know the players. Yeah, right. <laughs> Romello Brinson. Um, again, this is the last time that'll give Austin the credit. But this is a guy that he's really high on. Both Mike Carley and Charleston Rambo are leaving this offseason. Uh, Rambo was the outside starting wide receiver uh, alongside Keyshawn Smith. And I think Keyshawn Smith retains that outside role. But Brinson moves into the other uh, role vacated by Rambo. He ran outside 93% of the time when he was on the field. I think Xavier Estrepo is in the slot. And I think that he's a guy who could benefit from a um you know the vacated production that we're, we're we're seeing and i'm not as down on the hires as i think some people are i think josh gaddis is a good coach who could be flexible like last year he not 2021 but 2020 he threw the ball like a 60 percent clip uh in neutral game script which was like one of the higher ones of the country like i think he's a flexible playmaker they brought in quarterback coach Frank Ponce, and I think Frank Ponce is a really good developer of quarterbacks, and I think they're going to want to throw a lot. So I'm happy to be investing in this offense despite the negativity around it, and I think Romello Brinson is the way to go. All right. I was really hoping you were going to talk a little bit longer so that I could pull this up because it went away <laughs> Sorry. And right, I, I can go really, right we were Yeah, go right ahead so I can pull this dominating right. writing up. All right, no problem. I because I I have to revive the show here. I know we're losing y'all here with these poor takes by Chris Moxley. Just two bad takes in a row, maybe three. But um, we're gonna talk about Caden Prather of West Virginia University, wide receiver, wide receiver thirty-eight. Just put your hands down, Chris. No one cares. All right, Caden Prather. Caden <laughs> Prather is also a year one zero. That's why Chris is putting hands up in his air. Um, I, I like Caden Prather a lot. I mentioned the other day because I wanted some some validation of my feelings, which I got from Chris. So so we'll call this a joint venture. But uh, yeah, so he, he's joined. He's uh, he's in the West Virginia offense. He had 12 receptions for 175 yards and zero and zero touchdowns. But he exhibited really good speed and explosive explosive ability for a man his size. He's six foot three, two ten. Already has an NFL size. And 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 the way that I saw his athletics in practice and a little bit on tape that was there. I was I was pretty impressed, and, and I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I, I really feel like he's going to get that George Pickens type hype if he gets a little bit of production. I really do. I, I that's how I see him as a prospect, and I'm pretty excited that um, West Virginia University also picked up USC's offensive coordinator. Yes, that is the offensive coordinator 
that was accredited to Keaton Slovis' freshman year. How Keaton Slovis went off his freshman year is the same guy. So the offensive coordinator from USC the last three years comes over to West Virginia University. Uh, the I don't know the quarterback's name because he's really not relevant. It's gone. He's transferring out. They have two guys now battling it. You got, I believe it's going to be Will Crowder is his name, who a scout team came in for one game, played very well. And then a freshman coming in, four-star from IMG Academy. I believe he's quarterback 19. I'm actually a fan of. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're in my C2C startup right now, you better not draft him. I have four picks until he's mine. Don't pick him, all right? This is a threat. This is an absolute threat. This is at you, EK Baller. Don't pick my guy. They do that. They, they listen to this podcast and they pick up guys as soon as you mention them. Anyway, let's, let's move forward. All right, so, <laughs> so I – oh, go ahead, Mike. Oh. Yeah, so I, I just think Caden Prater is 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 an actual route runner, which is very rare for somebody his size. And and as long as they have a, a quarterback that can throw the ball, there's no other talent on that roster to even threaten him. So it, it should just be the Caden Prater show, Prater show. Moving forward, assuming these quarterbacks have a year to learn, I think it's going to be wheels up year three, still an early declare, and I'm very excited about that. All right, so since we are running long, I'm just going to go really quick. I decided to stick with the guy that I posted in Mike's thread, and that is Shea Wyatt out of Tulane. Um, Second leading receiver last year for the Tulane Green Wave. I'm a big fan of Michael Pratt. I liked him as a freshman. Both 2020 and 2021, that offense has been very good. I think Michael Pratt takes a step forward, and as does Wyatt as his leading receiver, leading to a big breakout second season. Moxley, give us your last wide receiver. I love that call for Shea Wyatt, by the way. Nobody's talking about him, and I think that that is an excellent choice. I like Prather as well. Both both really good final choices. Uh, mine is higher level than both y'all's. I like Joe Joro. I think that he is going to be the slot option in this offense. I think that Ja'Cory Brooks and uh, Georgia, Georgia transfer Jermaine Burton are going to be on the outside. I think Earl's the guy who can fill the, kind of what they're mit- missing in that Mechie role. I think he... Like, I know this is create like a weird comp, but I think he's just a bigger Rondale Moore. I, I think he's a guy who has that same type of twitch and ability, and I think that he is going to be a productive player. I think he's the wide receiver two there, and the wide receiver two there is generally a very productive player. So I'm excited to see what Joe Jorrell can do in that Alabama offense this year, and they're keeping a lot of the same pieces intact. Despite losing Evan Neal, that's really their only big loss outside of Jameson Williams. I mean, yes, John Mechie, but they're missing him for a good chunk of time. Anyway, I think that JoJo World is a top 30 CFF wide receiver this year. I like it. All right, so that will do it for the Debbie debate. Check out all of the content around the campus to Canton.com family. If you go to the podcast channel, we've got Chasing the Natty dropping on Mondays, Campus Live dropping on Tuesdays, Debbie debate on Wednesdays. Thursday slash Friday is Future Freshmen with Brandon Sanders. And then obviously on Thursdays on YouTube, you can check out the official with Matt, David, and Alfred, one of the newer shows we've got on there. Check out the YouTube channel. Got a ton of content dropping on there. Felix's, you know, what what is I forgot. Now I've got like Marvel's What If stuck in my I got head. it. Don't worry about it. I got I'm standing go ahead, Felix, Felix today. Felix, Apologies to Kirk Kirtry. We're out of time. No, no, no. we're not at that part yet. No, no. Oh, Check out the YouTube right. channel for the other stuff. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, apologies to Desmond Howard. Kirk was too busy tonight. And Desmond, we I just didn't want to talk to you. So apologies to Desmond Howard. We will not reschedule you later. For Chris Moxley, Mike Valeri, I am Matt Bruning. I am Felix Sharp. 
intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25. And Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. Just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Ranger, and he's off to the races! Nobody will catch him! <laughs> 93 yards for the freshman! He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry, he'll add to that! Goodbye, touchdown Ohio State. From 52 yards.